This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football is a game fraught with emotions. Look, at the end of the day, let's be honest and let's call, call be, be, be straight. We have two points on the board where we should have six. We've chucked it last week and we've chucked it again this week. That after conceding two sloppy late goals to surrender a 2-0 lead at Leighton Orient. Imagine the reaction when the gaffer heard the news about the positive O's corona tests. I'm filming. I'm filming, to be quite honest with you. I ain't happy. I just went off in a rage. I just, oh, I think I smashed everything in the bloody dressing room. It doesn't bear thinking about. On with the show. It should be a week where we're positively talking about a potential return to fans to the One Core Stadium. Alas, more politics and red tape gets in the way as we now prepare for the visit of Exeter City this weekend, another one which we'll have to watch on the sofa. Monday's revelation of Orient's positive corona cases sent shockwaves through the camp and the footballing world and scupper preparations for Saturday's game. But after the entirety of the squad and staff saw a negative Covid result, it's time to focus on getting a positive one on the pitch after the weekend's two-goal throwaway. We will develop, we will learn, we will get better. Um, we, we, we will cut out the basic silly sloppy errors um, and, and that's what football's about, that's, that's, that's the learning process. But I, I, I have to, uh, yes, I have to put my own emotions to one side, I have to put my own thought process to one side and I, I have to be relatively pleased with the business we've done in the summer, the players we've got in that changing room and the work rate attitude and commitment that they're shown. We now live in a world of curfews, six people limits and a second wave of working from home. I just hope the stags ignore this. No more socially distanced defending, please, boys. And you can get away from that bloody corner flag too. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Get involved in the comments on the live feed now and have your say on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. dear oh dear oh dear good evening everybody i hope you're all well i hope you're all staying positive despite all the negative news this week not just surrounding the world but also surrounding football as well i can't believe that old boris has got the audacity to stand there in parliament today you know give it big to our owners and know the names and everything but then say fans can't come in until march what a joke. This is turning into one hell of an expensive i follow pass i will try though to look on the bright side throughout the show tonight. As always, you can get involved at home. I've got the phone here uh, to take some of your comments, so please do get involved in the live feed as always. And as always, I'm joined by a man who I've known for many, many years. And tonight, I can say that this podcast is true, Mansfield, because there is nobody from Salford on tonight. It is just me and Nathan Edge. Good evening, Nathan. How are you? You well? 
Good evening. Yes, I am. I am very well. Thank jo- you very much. Jolly, jolly good. It's uh, good to see you as always. Obviously, no Cam today um, because it's his birthday. Um, and unfortunately, he's not in a position where he can be at his laptop tonight. I'm not going to say too much because I'm not sure at what time he was supposed to arrive for this uh, surprise, which he was um, organising. I've sort of yeah. let the cat out of the bag, but I don't care. I'm sure it was early in the day. I'm sure he's travelling back by now. But it's his birthday. It's his 21st birthday, so he couldn't be with us uh, today. Uh, so from me and Nathan, we wish him a happy birthday and hope, hope that he got the suffered shirt we both sent him. <laughs> I think he's uh, on his birthday, which I think he had loads of uh, Salford memorabilia. So uh, I'm sure he'll be loving it if he gets all of that stuff. We all know what he's, where his heart lies. Absolutely. Uh, ours, though, lies in Mansfield. And over the next 45 minutes or so, we'll be looking back at uh, the weekend's 2-2 draw, where we threw it away. And the news which followed since. Positive corona cases for Leighton Orient. Negative cases for Mansfield. Positive cases of socially distant defending. All of that uh, and much, much more in between. As always, have your say on your team. Good evening uh, to those of you who are watching and have got involved so far. Glynn has kicked us off tonight by saying, glad all negative from COVID. Having had time to reflect, I feel hopeful uh, for this season. And lots of other good evenings in there from everybody else as well. So please do get your comments in now and let us know uh, your thoughts. I suppose that's the uh, prime time to start, really. I mean, we'll touch upon the game and the on-pitch stuff uh, later on, Nath. But first and foremost, let's start with that uh, the news which came out on Monday. What was the first thing which went through your head on Monday when that statement came out which said numerous Leighton Orient players had tested positive for coronavirus? Um, to be honest, I mean, when the news broke originally, I mean, I wasn't aware that it had been made public knowledge that there were players that were ill in the camp before the match so I'd, I'd missed the uh you know the, the pre-match I, I believe was it pre-match or earlier in the week where they did say yeah. that there was something going around camp I know it was said somewhere uh, because obviously the club and a lot of people were aware of it so I'd missed that bit if I did know that obviously I probably would have been a bit bit more sort of um reacting the way uh the, the club have you know as in not being very happy with the manner, you know, with the fact that they went ahead with the game, knowing that there was a risk in there. Uh, so obviously that's a, a frustration. Um, I think now, obviously in hindsight now, obviously it's easy to say, because obviously a test, our tests have come back negative and well, we should use, we should be used to things being negative with, with stags, <laughs> uh, especially at the moment. Um, so obviously at least we've, uh, you know, dodged a bullet there, but that could have been a, uh, you know, caused a bit of nightmare for us going forward if, if if any of the tests did come back positive. So we're thankfully very, very lucky at the moment. But I just hope as well, I know, I, 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 there's a lot of different theories out there and a lot of theories say that sometimes it takes a time for a test to actually be, you know, they could still have it. As far as I'm aware, it could come seven days later or something. But I don't know how the tests are. I'm assuming these days the tests are accurate enough to know that they are nose and you know negative and that's that's final basically. Yeah, you would presume so, especially with you know the government using those figures and, and things like that on a on a day to day basis. That tests that are taken sort of you know within X amount of time, you get your results within twenty four, forty eight hours, etc. Um, I personally know a few people. Uh, who have had tests which have all come back negative and you know they've had the results in 48 hours etc so you know fingers crossed that that has been done but I want to touch upon something a little bit different than than the obvious which is talking about I don't want to get drawn into oh, debates whether football should be played or not because of poten- the potential spread to use inverted commas etc that doesn't interest me because I think you know, I have my own views on COVID and, and the, the spread and all of that. What I'm interested in, in mainly is the mental health side of side of it and the, the knock-on effect that's had because, you know, they all went into training on, on Monday, regardless of what your views are of COVID, whether you think it's as serious as it is or um, whether you don't think it's as serious as it is. You know, there's definitely two camps to that. But my point is, they went in on Monday morning, trained like normal, and then they get hit in the afternoon by this blow that several players have um, have been tested positive for Orient. Now, if it's one player, you know, I suppose the fear and and the thought process wouldn't be as 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 heavy and as driven than what it is 
with several. The word several implies that it could have been all of the team. And it, as it turns out, re, you know, reports were 18 positive tests in the Orient yeah. squad, which says a lot. Um, but imagine then thinking, oh my God, I might have been through my job. I might have been in contact with somebody who's been positive. I might not be positive. It gets in your head a little bit. And then you're thinking about your family, especially those that have got young young children. You know, Ryan Sweeney, for example, has just had a, a newborn baby. Um, all of that starts to go through your head. And not does that not only does it then affect your preparation for the match Saturday physically, because, you know, we've had to stop training straight away. We missed Tuesday. We've presumably missed today as well whilst we waited for the results. So that's two days we've missed. But mentally as well, that must have a, a massive effect. And that's going to be something... Um, you know, which Graham Cochran and his team are going to pretty much have to keep an eye on over the next few days, Nath. Yeah, I think the uh, the issue is, I mean, the players obviously know that there are risks involved, um, you know, of going back to, to play football. So, yeah, they, they, they know when they're going out there on, on the pitch, uh, you know, they're coming into contact with other, other teams, except, you know, other players and things like that. So they, they know there is a risk and uh, from what any expert analysis have been out there which i think is quite minimal really but from what you know that risk is, risk is quite low however i think probably what they'll be feeling the most is a bit of sort of anger and frustration because obviously you know when you think back over the last few weeks and a lot of the press conference that uh you know graham cochran's done is uh and, and the club have done they've they've sort of outlined a little bit about what we're having to do to sort of be COVID secure by show, you know, t telling us about the one-way systems at the training facilities and all sorts of different things that they've had to be doing and obviously what they've had to do with, you know, for match day preparation and things. And, you know, it looks like we're, we're doing things pretty well. But then you go to an away match and if the figure of 18 is, is correct and that is how many of the Leighton Orient players have tested uh, positive, then surely their setup has not been thorough enough and uh, to to you know to limit the spread and surely when they've had players showing symptoms that something should have been done earlier basically so i think that's probably what they'll be feeling more than anything is anger that they've they've traveled away to play a match they've been doing everything they can on our you know on our end but you've then been put at further risk by coming into contact with with 18 players but the thing that I don't understand is when it was announced that it was coming back to football, it, it was sort of said at the time that there was going to be regular testing. Yeah. And it's been revealed since that there was only testing at the, you know, when they came back to, um, you know, to, to training. And then just as the season started, and they've not had to do it every week since then, which I know in one hand you say is good because obviously there's an expense that comes with that. But on the second hand, this is it. It leads to issues like this, really. Um, so I, I, I think, from a player's point of view, they probably feel a bit like they're in limbo. Really. They can, they can do as much as they can, but then, before you know it, you can quite easily be playing a team on a Saturday or a Tuesday night, who, you know, a few days later get positive tests, and it, and then it, they have to sort of rewind, track and trace, and comes back to yourselves, and you then got to go through it all again. I don't think this will be the first or last time this season this happens. No, it's like you say, it's very interesting that, um, you know, like you said, at the start of the season, all of it was put out about, you know, there'd be regular tests, you know, which clubs might have to foot the bill. And then it's transpired that, you know, from pretty much the championship down, they don't have to don't have to regular test. And then it's a test at the start of the season, which then does make you question, like you said, the, the practices which each individual club are putting in. I've sort of half-heartedly or, you know, being at the ground day to day, I've sort of seen some of the measures which have been put in place in terms of separate changing areas and, uh, and, and things like that. And like you say, the one-way systems around the ground, it's up to each individual club to monitor it. But I'm, I don't know whether I'm of that opinion of whether, whether or not regular testing, yes, it probably should be done to enable everybody to, to stay as safe as possible and things like that. But also, if we'd have, if Leighton Orient had not played Spurs or were, were not due to play Spurs in the week and therefore didn't have to have testing, because this has all come about because of that cup match for those who missed it, um, which, and Tottenham, to be fair, paid for Leighton Orient's tests. If they'd have not played that cup match, 
Leighton Orient wouldn't have been tested. We wouldn't have known. And I, I think this this whole thing, this whole debate of and this whole worry for your, for your mental health and your well-being in terms of, oh, who have I seen? Where have I been? Uh, what have I done? What have I touched? You know, whatever I've been, who have I contacted? How far do I need to, to, to go back? Where do I draw the line at telling people when I saw them, etc.? None of that would have happened and it would just sort of carried on in this nice little wave of the being the positive side of it, which is just letting the football get on with the football because that's the one thing which has been keeping us sane and then all of a sudden this week it's coming like a massive wrecking ball and we've been dragged all the way back to you know February March when it all all started and it, it doesn't seem separate anymore we were just getting used to this new way and then this 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 covid orient bug hits us and it's sort of you know for want of a better phrase you know freaked with our mind a little bit I was going to swear but I thought better not <laughs> I, I I kind of agree but I there's also the aspect that obviously the fact that they're playing Spurs has accelerated it because obviously the Spurs wanted the test done before the the match, um, so that's where obviously the tests have come back positive. But we don't know, you know, say they didn't have that cup match, but then comes to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you know they've got a few people that are showing symptoms. Would they then have got a test anyway? And then it would come out, come out further down the line, and so it still could have quite easily happened, and it would still come come back to to this point basically. So. I don't know. I think it might have transpired at some point anyway, and I, th- and I think it will do going forward uh, with, with other clubs. Uh, so I'm not so sure on that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one. Uh, it, I, I just think it's going to happen more. But, and the issue is, I know you say, obviously, if we don't do the testing, then nobody knows, and then football is kind of fine to, to enjoy. However, sort of what you mentioned earlier, then people are still then potentially taking it home to their families and you don't know who they're living with and things like that. So, um, you know, whether you, whether they've got young children there or they live with elderly people or, or whatever, there's still that risk. So I probably think there should be more, more testing done and then, then decisions can be made because without knowing you you don't know what could be happening out there, and I, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one, really. And it, it is, and it, I, I, we're not we're not experts, so no. you know we can only go from what you know what what sort of uh, as, as much I don't know information you're given. Uh, but I think without testing, you have less information. I think that's harder to to, to do things with if, if you know sort of where I'm coming from with that. I look at it as a Mansfield Town scenario, aka. A no-win situation. Let's uh, move our attention and talk um, <clears throat> to that. Um, the no-win situation. We'll talk about the game in just a second. I'll go through to a few more of your comments. Please get in them. Uh, keep getting them uh, in tonight. Really want to hear from you. Um, John says, nice to get a mention on three separate occasions from Westminster. Uh, and Clive's, Clive says, I hear that the groundsman has dug moats around uh, the field mill corner flag. Um, needs them. Um Colin says, love your podcast, helps keep us updated. Well done. Thanks very much, Colin. Thanks for watching. Um, and Clive says, my mate who I've, who I've sat next to at matches has been negative since 1987. I think that can be said for a lot of Stags fans. And, of course, uh, the Stags players as well, Nath. Obviously, you know, we did the, the cool-down post-match reaction show on Saturday. We were slightly annoyed, um, to, to put it mildly. Have you had time to mellow and calm down yet? Or are you still absolutely fuming um, that the Stags held the ball up in the corner flag for, you know, 10 minutes and, and Ollie Clark decided to shoot from his edge of his own box, practically? Moron. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we made mistakes. I, I don't think I was quite as angry as, uh, as Graham Coughlin was, which uh, no. you listened to his uh, post, uh, post-match interview. I'm pretty, uh, pretty relieved I wasn't in that dressing room. Uh, I don't think it was a bit of a very, very nice place for for, for the players. But um, oh, obviously it was gutting. Uh, but I mean, in some ways, I think I'm probably used to it as well. To be fair, because I mean, you look back to last year, we we did that quite a lot. So uh, it's not completely unknown. Um, I don't know. I think the thing that made it most frustrating is obviously we've had a bit of a uh, uh, you know frustrating sort of preseason, and that. As we went two 0 up, I think that just really was the first time I thought started really, you know, feeling good, you know, feeling positive. We, you know, we're finally ahead, and we, you know, we deserve to be. We deserve to be, uh, you know, in, in the in the first game as well. So 
it kind of just felt like that's it now we've, we've clicked and it's and it's and it's happening and then uh you know with 10 minutes to go we, we just throw it away in typical Mansfield fashion but again the worst thing is is that we kind of it, it was self-destruct you know the fact that we tried to time waste too early which were terrible decision making from players and then obviously the individual decision from uh from Clark where he uh you know saw head the headlines really to probably seal the game and try to go for the spectacular which uh as we know ended up giving the ball away and uh before we know it, the ball's back down Aaron and, and the equalizers there so a few individual mistakes didn't help and uh, yeah frustrating I think is probably the word to sum it up well you uh, mentioned Graham Coughlin uh, just then I think now's an apt time to hear that post-match interview. Uh, let's just say he left no stone unturned. This is Graham Coughlin speaking to I Follow Stags immediately after the Stags had thrown away a two-goal lead at Leighton Orient. You can't get beyond the fact that it should have been another three points for the boys, for the for, for our, our, our team, our club. It should have been another three points. You can't get beyond the fact we're 2-0 up and we had umpteen chances to go three and four and five and the decision-making. I don't know what goes through the mindset of a, of a player at times, to be honest. That game should have been dead, buried, on the bus, back up the road with three points. But instead, we sink, we allow them time, we allow them to walk passes as if we're not there, and we give two terrible goals away. The decision-making, we started, I don't know what Ollie Clark was thinking of, shooting from, from the halfway line. Uh, we had opportunity to run centre-halves, and we decided to run balls into corners. It, it, it just They just went off on their own himshi the last ten minutes, to, to, to be honest. But look, at the end of the day, um, we probably uh, coming down here you might, have, you might have taken a point and at half time I certainly would have because I didn't think we played great in the first half the second half we, we had a few words at half time the second half they've come out and we've got after people we've chased things down we've hustled we've harried and we've forced mistakes and I thought we were very very good um, in the second half to be, to be quite honest but uh, look at the end of the day let's be honest and let's call it call, be, be, be straight we have two points on the board where we should have six we've chucked it last week and we've chucked it again this week but look if I dissect it if I run through it if I, if I go through it I think we've, we've we're on to something we're on to something with this group of players they've been alright last week they've been alright again this week but it's just those silly silly moments staff moments that have cost us but look I have every faith and every confidence in, in, these, in, in this group um, and as I've said it umpteen times um, really really pleasing that you can come to a team like Leighton Orient not play so good. We were poor in the first half, let's be honest. And we come in at nil all. We got a little warning before uh, before half time where they they they'd won off the post. But um, I, I thought we were really good today again. But apart from the last ten minutes, we will develop. We will learn. We will get better. Um, we, we we will cut out the basic silly sloppy errors. Um, and, and that's what football's about. That's 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 the learning process. But I I, I have to uh, yes I have to put my own emotions to one side. I have to put my own thought process to one side and I have to be relatively pleased with the business we've done in the summer, the players we've got in that change room and the work rate attitude and commitment that they're showing. And trust me, I'm probably similar, same as all the Stags fans at home watching the game, I'm probably the same, we're probably fuming, we are fuming, the lot of us, but they're hurting as well, them players are hurting as well. That's Graham Coughlin speaking to I Follow Stags following that two-all draw at Leighton Orient uh, on Saturday. And he's absolutely right there, Nath. Obviously, um, I, 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 we'll touch upon the fact that, about his positive comments in a second, but obviously, you know, furious side of, of, of things. Um, I did the watch for home again, and a lot of people commented about my reaction to the second goal. Um, I'd just like to clarify that that was heavily, heavily edited um, because the club didn't couldn't afford a bleep machine so um yeah that gives you some indication uh to that and i love the the final shot as well where it's it's actually me standing up to turn the camera off but it made it look like it's me just not saying anything and just getting up and walking off in pure disgust which i've probably felt like at full time uh, to be fair so there you go uh, but how refreshing is it to hear such passion and such anger from the manager because you know so often managers might come out and and sort of make up excuses about, oh, you know, we were trying to close the game down, that'll come in, in time and things like that. These things happen. But he's like, no, I didn't instruct him to play in the corner. I did not instruct Holly Clark to hit one from the edge of his, his own box. Um, I, I'm not happy with that. I, I'm, I basically just 
smashed everything up in the dressing room. I want to put it right. How refreshing is it to uh, to hear that? And I expect you, you'd expect no less from Graham Coughlin either. Yeah, no, I do like uh, do like his honesty. I think um, he's quite the the polar opposite. To, I think what we you know what we had before with with John Dempster, and I probably say with with David Flickcroft as well. I don't think those two were the ones to probably go and uh, smash up a dressing room or anything uh, you know even close to that really. So. Um, you know, so I do like that honest, that honesty, especially you're not just talking about the last ten minutes because that's that's obvious, that's blatantly obvious that that was unacceptable and and that is going to frustrate any any manager and supporter and and anyone to do with the club. But the fact that he, you know, he was saying about the first half as well that uh, you know he probably would have took a point at half time because the first half we weren't good enough and we weren't that bad in the first half. We just didn't really click and and create a great deal. Um, but he's still even saying, you know, despite, you know, obviously we, the fact that we we threw it away in the last ten minutes, we also didn't play well enough in that first forty-five minutes, and that also needs addressing. So, uh, you know, I, I like that, and I and I like that he's. Um, I don't think he's afraid to. It's, it's certainly not an act for the camera. I think we we know for sure he's certainly going to be like that in the dressing room, and he's not going to be afraid of putting his opinions across to the players. Um, I remember. Ollie Clark's interview when he signed for us, he said that uh, I think it was Clarky anyway. He said that uh, you know the gaffers are is very straight talking, and if you do things well, he'll tell you. But if you do things wrong, again, he's not afraid to tell you. And uh, I think those players, the ones who did do things wrong. We'll uh, we'll certainly know about it after after Saturday. I would certainly expect a few changes come Saturday as well, um, purely because you know he wasn't happy with the first half performance. Felt that we were a little bit slow, which uh, I agree with. But then obviously to to give the game up in the way we did in in the last ten minutes, I would expect uh, a shake up just to just to inject some freshness and to inject some uh, ideas and maybe a little bit more. Um, experience and leadership with it within that side because Exeter, you know, despite their result of the weekend, will cause us some problems. Yeah, although I mean, as far as experience goes, uh, you look at the bench. I don't really know. Obviously, there's Perch who could come on, uh, but I mean, there's not really much, uh, much much more experience on that bench to throw in there, I guess. Um, so it will be interesting to see what what team. He does go with. I, I, I probably put money on it being the same team. To be fair, even though we did throw things away, um, but you know, at the end of it, I think he he, he trusts the players to. Uh, yeah, I don't think the commitment or anything like that was, was off. But um, I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. But I, I do probably hope for a change or two. But I just think knowing uh, Cochrane at the moment, I think he's still got that one to eleven superstition in him at the moment. Let's, uh, let's so certainly he hope he's not OCD enough to stick with that all season because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just not going to work. Uh, in terms of extra as well, not perhaps had the start they wanted this season after finishing so strongly uh, last year. Obviously, unfortunate not for them uh, not to go up in the end. Um, so far in the league, a two-all draw on the opening day to Camside Salford uh, and then uh, a 2-0 defeat at the weekend at home to Port Vale um, as well. And uh, just one victory so far in the uh, in the EFL trophy against uh, Forest Green, who took them all the way uh, 3-2 at full time in that one. So it would be a very difficult, uh, difficult game. But obviously, given the events of this week, our preparations are uh, going to be altered a little bit. I would fully expect... Um, training to be ramped back up tomorrow once the boys return yeah um let's hope it's not a let's hope that's not going to be used as an excuse come 5 p.m on saturday let's hope we don't need any excuses and we can go out there and and do the job um i mean i'd right now i'd take a a scrappy one nil win i don't i don't even care if it goes off uh, the keeper's backside in the you know in the in the 90th minute or the first minute i just think um i think we we deserve to have um, three points on the board from a match, we've, we've deserved a lot more than what we've had out of the first two. So, as long as we can get a result on Saturday, I don't really mind. But I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very tough. Uh, you know, out of the teams that we've played so far, uh, you know, no disrespect to Tranmere or Leighton Orient, I think X2 are going to be uh, a harder team to, to come up against. I think they're probably going to be up there come the end of the season, like they, they usually are. And uh, although. Exeter haven't had the best start to the season. They've they've not had a very easy start, have they? Where you look at the 
the teams that they have faced. So um, it'll, it'll be tough. And like we say, we haven't been able to prepare for it as, as well as we would have would have liked. But um, let's hope that, you know, the rocket that the, the managers probably delivered to them after the, you know, the issues of the last 10 minutes of the last game been, will be enough to uh, get the players you know, really up for up for this one. Yeah, that's uh, certainly hope so. Now, um, you know, I wanted to, tonight. I, I always try and and make these podcasts as positive as as they can be because I think you know it's it's nice to try and inject some positivity into this morbid time that we're in. But this week it's a, a real real struggle. Obviously, you know, we can talk about on the pitches as much as we want, but a lot of the news this week is off uh, is off of it. We've spoken a lot about you know the the coronavirus testing which had to happen earlier in the week if you missed that um, you can go back and listen to this podcast uh, once it's finished but obviously other news this week Nath is uh, the news that following Boris Johnson's announcements etc over the course of this week uh, is the news that fans may not be able to return to sporting events until at least uh, the end of March which makes our season tickets one hell of an expensive I follow pass Uh, yeah you could say that couldn't you um i mean we we kind of knew that when we bought it uh well i I certainly knew you know obviously that there was that risk involved but um i think we all deep down really really hoped that we would be back in by by october uh i think some of us were hoping we're back in by october at latest Mm. where it's um, obviously proven to uh be be quite the opposite so uh i mean it's gutting isn't it i think as a from a supporter's point of view, you know, we've, we've just started, you know, seeing the season's just got started going and we're, we're trying our best to get into it from, from watching at home. Uh, certainly, you know, watching, uh, watching your goggle box style, you know, <laughs> reaction. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was good fun. I enjoyed that to be fair, which I, I also noticed that that last goal had to be pretty heavily edited. Very. I knew that wasn't the reaction that I would to expect be honest. from, uh, from yourself or your dad, to be fair. To be <laughs> honest, the first one was heavily edited um, as well. <laughs> but um, you know, we are trying to obviously get into to that as much as we can, which is important. You know, one obviously we want to follow the club as much as we can, but also that supporting the club financially, etc. So that's uh, obviously one thing we can we will always have, which is good. But it does it's not a substitute, is it, for for being there. At the match and 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 even being um you know being there with the initial you know what they were going to trial is is, is one thousand like that's not the same but it would have been a hell of a lot better of not being there at all uh, so it's tough to take as a supporter and I think it's going to be tough to uh, accept as f- from the club side of things as well and I think it'll be very interesting to see what does happen over the next few weeks I know that there's a lot of um, questions being asked of the government now to step in and, and offer some sort of financial support because uh, there, there are going to be clubs across the country, um, you know, up and down the leagues that are going to find this very difficult to uh, to function without crowds because I think, you know, we we all know the finances in football aren't aren't great at the best of times, but but to take away the uh, you know the, the the bulk of the income that you get. Uh, certainly at our level and and below the bulk of the income you get is from ticket sales and we're not going to be getting those uh and i follow yes it's a bit but it's nothing compared to what you would get on a match day so we just hope some sort of package is going to become available to protect the football leagues what we don't want is come to the season 2021-22 and to have uh, to be missing a lot more clubs like we unfortunately you know might might be seeing yeah, I think there's a very, very strong possibility of that, unfortunately, because quite simply, you know, a lot of clubs survive based heavily on matchday revenue. We're not just talking ticket sales here as well. We, you know, we're talking your matchday bars, the, the, you know, the concourses at the stadium, matchday programs, 50-50 raffles and things like that, you know, matchday sponsorships, hospitality packages at, at the, the ground. Well, you can't exactly, you know, sell a hospitality package and, and do it through and say you're going to have a premium iFollow spot and have a separate camera. It's it just, it's not feasible. It, or, you know, put it through a Zoom with a, a backdrop of a hospitality lounge. It's, it's, it doesn't work. Um, so there's a lot of that which, which you'll miss out on. You know, the club are doing fantastic things in, in trying 
so hard to continue to sell player sponsorships like like they would do but there's a lot of stuff which goes unnoticed on a match day which really really will impact on clubs and it's really difficult to stare at the headline as I am doing now on my other screen that fans might not be able to return till March because I think this is the first time I've thought about it actually there are a lot of people who go to matches who you know have a group of friends and a group of, a group who they see and they'll go and meet up with they might go and have a pre-match meal somewhere they might go and have a pint they might um you know go out socially afterwards or, or whatever and without the game being there sometimes it, it, it's difficult to connect with them and especially with the rule of six involved now and more and more people having to be cautious over you know not going into different households you can't even do things like we did a few weeks ago where we all watched the game together which which was lovely it was great it was really good fun but it's it, it's difficult to do that now not legit not just because logistically comes in bloody manchester but you know there are things in life where you know I work with children on a daily basis, so I'm trying to limit the number of people that I see. So, you know, it's difficult for me. You know, you work with customers on a day-to-day -day basis in the business that you run and have got other things going off in your life um, which you need to protect and things like that. So it's hard to, to be social and, and do things like watching it at home together, which I think is going to start to hit a little bit as well. So the debates which are going off in Parliament uh, are, are going to be really key. If we can get fans back in stadiums, um, you know, uh, sooner rather than later, it's much better. I mean, I don't want to make, add, you know, one, two and two and, and make six. Um, but, you know, I think there's a strong possibility that this Saturday against Exeter, had they not postponed the, the you know, the, the trialling of a thousand fans, we could have been there. We could have been watching because there's certain things which have happened at the stadium around it, which, you know, people can visibly see if they go and walk down and things like that, um, which suggests that it was happening. And uh, I think like, you know, Rick Parry, the EFL uh, chairman has said, it's bizarre that people are allowed in pubs, which is, you know, an enclosed environment, but people can't go and attend football matches, which is an outdoor space. Yet at non-league level, lower non-league level, you can. Mad. Yeah, I mean, I won't be surprised if that changes, to be fair. Um, I don't know, it's, it's really, really difficult. It's, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to, to make the... When you look at the comparisons, it's a bit like uh, how people are allowed on flights in an enclosed area, etc., with circulating air and things like that, but, but not allowed in, in the football ground. But I think you could, a lot of things like this, you can always make a comparison to just kind of support your argument. Um, so it's, it's, I guess there's a lot of uh, different factors that, that are involved. I think the difficulty is for football is that although it was exciting that we were potentially going to have it where you could have a thousand in, you know, on these, on these trial periods, etc., which, uh, which would have been fantastic for, for, for us as supporters. But even that needed to increase for, for the, for the football club's financial side of things, because remember those, those thousands were only going to be season ticket holders anyway, and they've already had the money for those. So across the country, most clubs have sold more than a thousand season ticket anyway. So it wouldn't be any, extra revenue really apart from the bits and bobs from the you know that they might get from you know the, the bars and things if they were allowed to be open and there was a question mark on those um but it was a bit that comes after that so you know once those trials have come in and and they've been successful when you then allowed two and a half thousand then you know potentially more that's where it would have been a big deal for for the clubs because obviously then they can start selling normal tickets for, for matches and things so it's um it's just good to you know that point is even further away. You're probably looking at when they say a potential of March, and let's we we'll, we'll probably should make it clear that it is under review. They haven't said yeah, it's definitely it's March definite. the earliest. I think they have said it is under review and it could change before then. It's not likely, but it could. So let's hope have a bit of hope for that. But even when March does come around and say that is the earliest, it's then probably going to be starting again at a thousand and then building it up. So so basically. I think what clubs are, and what they've been told to do is kind of prepare for for no match day revenue through, through ticket, you know, like like you'd normally get, and that's a big, big, big thing to to try and prepare for. So there's gonna it's 
there's going to be some massive. They've got a big, big support package in there. They've got there's going to be some massive changes in how it's going to work. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the non-league now. Well, you know whether they're going to actually go ahead. Um, there's question marks on that. There's, I think it's just kind of shook things up again, which is tough as because it kind of felt like not things were back to normal because it was far from normal. But it felt like we were getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, is, it has knocked us all back. But I think what we have to do, as hard as it is, is, is remain positive. We can't change it. You know, unfortunately, the the, the, the virus is here. Well, some people don't believe there's a virus at all. But, um, but you know, the, the virus is here, and we've got to adapt to it and and live with it. Like, you know, we we we're you know we're we're pretty young. We weren't old enough to remember the war, but unfortunately, nobody wanted the war. But it was here, and we had to deal with it, and we had to manage with it. And obviously, this this is a completely different scenario. But it's a thing that nobody wants. Everyone just wants to get back to normal and live life. But unfortunately, we can't. So we've got to do things to to make it better. And I hope that you know by us doing the podcast. I mean, for me, I I I love this more than what i did when we started don't it. you'll make Even me cry it's, don't it's different <laughs> don't. Even though we're doing it over skype and, and whatnot i love it because if if we weren't doing it we yeah obviously we haven't got the football to actually physically go to it's given us a chance to talk and yeah and be and talk about football and i hope people enjoy it at home at the same time by getting involved it's it's something that we we can do and we'll keep doing because we can and, and, and just sort of enjoy these parts of it because we nothing can stop this bit no not even even if you know the whole country got locked down again and you but sporting events were you know like it was at the very start you know they were slowly like the playoffs were allowed and things like that um you know as long as this football out there we'll we'll be talking about it but even when there wasn't i mean god i don't even want to bring that thought into my head but we still managed to do something like we you know we're doing all the memory stuff and you know just talking about random odd topics like best and worst loan signings we've still got an absolute ton of those which we can do they're, they're endless so we will always endeavor to do some form of podcast just to keep us sane as, as much as you guys but we really do uh, appreciate uh, your guys uh, support and talking to you at home as well uh, i'm going to go back to a few of your comments the few have sort of snuck in as me and nathan have been uh, in that little bit of conversation there uh, Clive says do you think the club might give free access to away games streaming to season ticket holders as a gesture of goodwill um, I think the answer to that one's a straight no purely because um, of the revenue it gains if they start giving free ones to season ticket holders I'm not saying it's a bad idea by the way either um, then that will then mean that the number of people that have Purchased, uh, purchased a match pass in cash decreases massively and then reaching that 500 target where then they get to keep all of the revenue um, becomes harder and when that's the only way to earn revenue from ticket sales so to speak Nath um, that would just be sort of cutting your nose off to spite your face a little bit wouldn't it yeah, I mean, 500 uh, thing as well, by the way. I'm, That's I'm ridiculous. About that. That's oh, just, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that probably a little bit more detail in a minute. But, I mean, as, as you know, probably more focusing on what, uh, you know, Clive said in the comments, uh, I, you know, that the difficulty is, the, as we sort of mentioned, the club are already struggling to get revenue in. So if we, if that was also the case, then, again, it's, it's decreasing the, the money coming in and, uh, you know, although we are lucky to have, uh, you know, you know, wealthy owners, it's also not an endless part of, of money. Yeah. So, uh, they they need as much support as they can get. And um, you also think of sort of how it would be for other clubs as well. You know, certainly other clubs are in a lot more of a difficult position for us, and, and so they need the money as well. So, um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if something down the line where you you know there might be some sort of money back on season tickets if the club are in a position to do that. Um, you know, something might be announced at some point. Uh, obviously, we'll have to just wait and see. I, I have no idea about that at all, whether anything like that will happen, but it's, I guess it could be a possibility. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I think certainly for away matches and things like that, I think the club need need the money so uh i'll be very surprised if they were to do anything along those lines yeah me too and i think you know on, on that 500 thing as you say absolutely ridiculous when you've got clubs like bolton who you know have got a, a massive massive fan base and will very easily 
hit that target every single um, away game that that they play um, is absolutely mad. It, 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 I just don't get the logic. It, it makes no sense. Like it's only going to benefit the likes of probably Oldham and, and Bradford, really, and you know, in 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 the league. So what's what? It, it doesn't benefit anybody else apart from apart from them. So there just seems to be no point in that rule. And it, what that means is that not only are clubs missing out on 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 money anyway, but the odd occasion where you know we have a game against uh, you know the likes against Bolton or or Bradford or you know the ones that are going to have probably more than uh, five hundred watching uh, away supporters. We don't you don't get that that money for it, which is whereas on a match day. 100% of that ticket revenue minus a bit of commission, which is very small, would have gone to the home club. Like, why change that in a time where it seems to be more important? You, know, you think it would be more important to ensure things are fair for all clubs. They go and change a rule which was fair to something that's not fair. Like, it makes no sense. I, I'm really, it's really wound me up when that uh, was was sort of revealed. I had no idea that would be the case, and it. It just it just stinks, really. Yeah, sure, surely the the fairest way to to do it is a f- absolute fifty fifty split between both clubs, both fans. Say, for example, you know we play extra on on Saturday. For for example, obviously we've got X amount of season ticket holders who who get the game um, for free, and then we might have maybe another fifty to a hundred on top of that who don't who aren't season ticket holders who've not decided to buy a season ticket and decided to buy match passes uh, and buy a match pass, and then all of Exeter's lot who've got to pay say maybe i don't know 100 200 buy a buy a, a match pass why doesn't all of that go into one pot and then get split fairly down the middle 50 50 between yeah. both clubs because when you because then when you do get a bolton or you know a, a side who have got a larger fan base so to speak you know the other club doesn't lose out um, it's a much much fairer split in in revenue and a much fairer way of going about it it just seems to me that in some respects it's the rich getting richer and you know the rest of us getting left behind yeah that the only the the, the, the reason why I, uh when obviously we mentioned this a little bit in the in the group chat when this all came out and it, the 50 50 percent made sense but then the only thing i thought was maybe when crowds start coming back that would be a bit different because then you've got more home crowd that are physically there so you've got less on the stream uh, so then you've got more. You might have potentially more away pe- uh, fans on the stream than the home. So the big, you know, I kind of little bits like that. But now that wouldn't be the case because obviously we're probably not going to have fans for a long time. So a fifty-fifty percent would 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 surely make sense. Or or the usual where the home home side gets the full money. But it just doesn't. This way, all it basically means is that every away guy again Bolton are going to get extra because they've yep. they're always going to have more than 500 watching but then in every home game for Bolton uh, most other clubs aren't going to have more than 500 watching so they'll keep 100% of that away thing it, uh, you know I just um, it, it just favours the, the big clubs and I just don't get why that that should be the case yeah it, it's it absolutely stinks in a time where football clubs you know need to um, you know, need to pull together and sort of you know, be united and and sort of save each other and, and stop things from going down that road and stops ultimately stop clubs from folding it and going out of business to keep it competitive and and things like that. It those clubs who are you know benefiting from that they'll just laugh at and go, yeah, well that's the rules, so we'll play to the rules. It's well, it's that's why precisely on Twitter, if you look at any of the conversations, I can only seem to find. Uh, one set of supporters that are in favour of it, and that <laughs> just by chance, I think, no coincidence, but they happen to be Bolton supporters. It's funny, that isn't it? Absolutely, no, and there's no such thing as a coincidence, as they say uh, in life. Uh, Gary says the ten pound away day cost is saving me a fortune, f- uh, far more than the price uh, of a season ticket. I mean, to be honest, um, yeah, it's saving money, but I would happily go back to spending you know 60 to 100 pounds every other saturday on an away game just to physically be there and watch it live i mean yeah you know if it's saving you money and helping with your finances great but let's be honest it's no no substitute is it for actually being at a live game and all the things which come come with it certainly not especially away games like that they are the obviously we we, we love our matches because it's it's at home but I don't think much beats an away day. Well, especially if you win as well. But yeah. uh, when you think of some of, when I think of my favourite matches, you know, I probably say ninety percent of them have been away. 
Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you, it, it, you know, Gary has got a point. It certainly is. When you think of the ten pound fee, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been, a completely opposed to that fee being a bit more. And I know it's not the Me same either. being at because you're at home, etc. But obviously, your match day prices, normal tickets would have been a lot more, and your your travel and things like that. You know, supporters would have spent a lot more money throughout the season doing that. Um, so I wouldn't have been surprised if it was fifteen or so, and I wouldn't have certainly for myself wouldn't have grumbled at that. But ten pound really to to watch a match, I think, is is an absolute bargain. It's not a substitute for, for being there and, and 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 whatever, but I still think ten pounds are a really really reasonable price to, to charge for matches. I think if I'm being picky, I'd want a little bit more for my money um, at, at maybe top end twenty pound. And this is just purely from a selfish point of view of, you know, when at two o'clock when it comes on. It comes on with a graphic. The camera stays still and sometimes you can see them train. Depends what part of the pitch they're on. And then it's just silence until 10 to when I follow, come, when the commentary gets, you know, wired up with it and joins it. Mm. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, a couple of, a couple of supporters who could maybe be there. Maybe someone with a little bit of presenting experience could like <laughs> present like a, a pre-match show. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know if we've got anyone have no. we, in our... Uh club that could, no. could do anything like that no. but no it, it, you've got a point I mean something like that just to it adds a little bit of quality wouldn't it and uh, it'll add to that bit of build up for the, so for the, whether for the first hour just uh, a bit of like punditry really um, yeah just talking about the team talking about the news in, in the week maybe you know adding the, the five minute interview with the gaffer which they always do before the game throw in the highlights from the last game bosh you know it's like it's, it's like it's all planned in my head I mean I call I wonder, me I wonder, I wonder why <laughs> but no, it's I mean, too much time, mate. I, I, whether that'll be something come, uh, you know, because obviously now it's going to be a bit more of a, a long-term thing with people watching on streams. Whether that'll be an avenue the club might might pursue. I mean, it would be it would be nice because uh, that, from what I've seen so far, has been the the main sort of criticism that it is from sort of two o'clock onwards, just uh, you know, basically nothing really uh, until you get to sort of close to three o'clock or when it all kicks in and, and then even then I think people probably want a little bit more because I think people are used to Sky and things like that. Obviously it's, not, yeah. it's never going to be up to that no. standard but there are things I think we probably could do as a as a club to maybe just improve that little bit of a match day experience. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, if, if fans aren't coming back for a, a longer while, I've seen a lot of clubs do digital programmes. I wouldn't, you know, as a bit of a, a programme hoarder, so to speak, I mean, I'm looking... Behind my camera now, I can see boxes and boxes of programs from previous seasons. You know, <clears throat> maybe a digital program or a digital and online 50-50 to try and make that match day uh, thing in there. Anything where the club can garner a little bit of extra income and make it feel a, a tad more um, like a like a match day. Um, I would 100% be in favour of a digital program because I've wanted this for years anyway. Yeah, I, you I can't read print, uh, so something digitalised makes that actually accessible for me. So. Uh, it's a shame COVID had to sort of uh, encourage that a little bit, but I'll take it. I'll, I'll I'll certainly be up for that. Yeah, and you know, like a a fifty fifty competition. Um, you can know you, you can use things like Eventbrite and stuff to purchase the tickets. It's there's a lot of things which can be done, but you know you got to take your hat off to the <coughs> excuse me to the club and to the staff because it's really difficult to actually get it done. I guess it's also been sort of a, a, a relatively quick turnaround as well. Obviously, you've had the whole iFollow being updated and things, so that wasn't even really uh, sort of fully functional until just before the season started. So, um, obviously, we don't know exactly everything. Well, you probably know more than I do, but everything that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, it's great that, uh, you know, we, you know, I, I, I'm at least grateful that we have got, we are able to stream matches, you know, a, a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have ever thought that was even possible. So um, at least we have got that. We can watch the matches. We are a part of it to a certain extent, but let's just hope over the next sort of uh, few months that the, you know, we, we can do things to, to improve that. Exeter, of course, the visitors on Saturday, just briefly, what are you expecting from them? The usual Exeter, to be fair, you know, they they are a good side. They're normally up there, Come the end of the season, uh, I think they bottled playoffs quite a few times more than us, though, which is uh, which is which is some good going for them, to be fair. Um, but no, it'll be another tough game. I just hope that we can uh, 
you know, build on what we've done so far. We've progressively got better. Uh, we've finally hit the back of the net, not once, but twice. So uh, that hopefully, uh, you know, with that sort of got that monkey off our shoulder, which is obviously a, a, a big bonus. Um, so I, we just need to stay focused more than anything. And certainly if we go, can go ahead, we need to cut out those uh, silly mistakes and let's not uh, panic and start dropping off. Uh, and, and hopefully finish the job but that's obviously easier said than done but like I said earlier in the show I'd take a, a scrappy 1-0 any day Absolutely, I certainly would as well and of course the game will go ahead this is the club statement <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, from earlier in the week Mansfield Town are pleased to report a complete set of negative COVID-19 tests of its first team players and staff tests were conducted following notification by Leighton Orin on Monday the 21st of September that a number of its Orient's first-team squad have tested positive for COVID-19 after Saturday's match at the Brea Group Stadium. Stags will next face extra at the one call this Saturday. Tests were conducted privately to avoid expanding NHS resources. Um, talking about the team as well, Colin says, I think Graham Cochran will pick the same side for the first half with the message to go out and redeem themselves. Uh, and Gary says, you're correct. The best feeling is a Stags away win, especially when you're there. The best for me was Coventry when uh, McDonald scored a scream. And we won't even go into that because Cam's not here to add into uh, to what would be, I'm sure, another hour of uh, fantastic, fantastic content. Um, Obviously, if you were the manager, Graham Cochlin, Nath, what would you be saying to the boys just before they uh, left the split dressing rooms on Saturday to go and take on Exeter? Uh, I think I'd be reminding them a little bit about about last week, basically, but not 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 necessarily focusing on the on the negative, but reminding them about the positive. You know, we for for a lot of that that game, we um, you know we we did play well. We we shown that we uh, we could certainly take it to the to the better teams in the league. Um, you know, we got two two good goals. Obviously, one's a penalty, but it was through hard work and endeavour we got that penalty. So they need to realise that for the majority of the game, they did the right things. They, they you know, the teamwork was good. They played well together. They, they created chances, uh, took, took two of them and worked hard. And that's what got us one of them. So, I'd, I'd be reminding them certainly of, of that, uh, but also a little bit of gentle reminder, which they've probably still got the bruises from anyway on Saturday, um, you know, or maybe psychological scars from it, to say that if we do, or you know, hopefully when we do go ahead, to uh, cut out those silly mistakes and, and see this one out and and just do the basics right. Uh, you know, Cochrane said that in his in his interview that a lot of the things. In football, you've got to cut out the basics, and that's what I did at England. You know, the, at the elite level at blind football with England, we we did so much on the basics because if you don't do the basics right, then nothing else can can follow. So get those bits right, and then hopefully the the quality and the and the team will will, will see us to victory. And of course, the golden rule: don't socially distance in defence, and don't hang around the corner flag. The views of Mr. Nathan Edge, who's joined me uh, tonight, he'll be back in the cool down post match reaction show with me after Saturday's game where the Stags take on Exeter City at the Wonkor Stadium again behind closed doors. Covid continues to ruin our season in terms of being able to watch the games live, but it can't ruin our spirits. Two games in, two points in. Can the third game see us collect all three points? No more socially distanced defending, please. No more holding the ball up in the corner flag. And please, Ollie Clark, no more pop shots from the halfway line. Let's get it done. Let's get a clean sheet and all three points and make sure that 15 minutes after the full-time whistle on Saturday, we are smiling rather than seething. Thanks very much for watching. We know it's a difficult time at the moment, especially this week. It's been a bit mental. So stay happy, stay positive, stay safe, and remember the golden rule. No, don't hold it up in the corner flag. Talk to other people. That is what is important and what matters most is always Mansfield Town FC. Good night.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.